Welcome to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. On today's episode, we are down to France versus Argentina in what should be an epic final. We'll review the semifinal matchups as well as look forward to the final, which comes our way on Sunday. Welcome back to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. I'm your host, Jake Marchesani, and we are down to the final. It's going to be Argentina versus France on Sunday. This really is an epic final, and this is this is kind of what I think a lot of people, if not most people, wanted. Uh, this is kind of like a Yankees versus Dodgers World Series, um, or maybe a Boston Celtics versus LA Lakers NBA Finals. You know, this is two marquee teams. It's the the two best players of the tournament. Um, the the favorite coming in, to the two of the three favorites coming in, and um, and this is really kind of like this is what we want as soccer fans, um, as you know. Uh, um, watching Messi, an all-time great, you know, kind of uh, his last dance, as you will, and then Mbappe, who's kind of the up-and-coming next great, This and their teammates at PSG, um, and you just kind of, you know, get the sense that I think we have a special final in store, and I really hope it's special. Uh, I, I hope that it lives up to the billing. I think it really has a great chance of doing it. Um, both teams, you know, I thought came off two really good games. Uh, so let's take a look first at the Argentina-Croatia game and um, break it down a little bit and give you my thoughts. I'm, normally I have some notes and I got a, a outline, but I just felt like just winging it, giving a little bit more of my, you know, raw reaction to the game and how I felt it went. Um, but you know, essentially, you have Croatia who sticks to their four-three-three. They got you know arguably one of the best uh, midfield trios at the tournament, um, and uh, led by Modric. And you got Argentina who essentially kind of went with a four-four-two as their structure, uh, but it was a narrow four-four-two. So you had, um, I think, the the four across the midfield were playing more narrow, more tight, almost like a diamond, um, just, I think, to counter the midfield of Croatia. And, uh, you know, they actually did a a really good job. I just felt like Croatia just kind of ran up against a wall, in a sense, in in a few different times. Argentina then started to control the possession more. And I think a lot of people thought that Croatia would be a little bit more dominant in possession, but it was actually Argentina after about the first 20 minutes. Uh, I think Croatia, I think they looked to try to get a goal in the first 20 minutes. It didn't really come, and they kind of settled back a little bit. And then Argentina started dictating the pace a little bit. Um, The first half did go a little bit back and forth. Um, You know, Croatia still pushing forward. They, you know, they still push some numbers forward. 
Uh, Luka Modric, I mean, he just he just pops up everywhere. Uh, it's really amazing um, to see how much he moves, where he finds the spaces. He'll be out wide on the right. He'll be uh, playing up higher. He'll drop all the way deep near the center backs to pick the ball up. He just finds the right spaces and looks to dictate the tempo of the game. But, you know, the the game really changed after the first goal. And I think that's how semifinals really go. Um, you know, the, it's always tight. It's always tense, you know, but a goal kind of opens up the game a little bit. And uh, the first goal for Argentina was a penalty. Um, it was it, it just kind of was almost a fluke long ball. You know, it wasn't something I don't think Argentina really looked to do, but maybe they should have looked to do it a little bit more. Um, it just kind of happened that Croatia back line was just kind of caught off guard. They were not in sync, and uh, um, Julian Alvarez was able to kind of get a really wide open run in behind the back, and they found him. I think it was Enzo Fernandez uh, who played the ball through. And um, Alvarez took a good first touch, and then his second touch was kind of a shot, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was very firm. And then uh, Lavakovic, the goalie, just took him out. And, uh, you know, that that's a penalty. And it's a tough – the reason why it's a penalty is it's a really tough spot for the goalie. And – you have a guy in on goal, and the goalie has to be able to come out but try to get the ball. If the goalie gets any bit of the ball, we're good. Even though the player got to the ball way before him and, and hit it, and the goalie took him out well after he had, he had touched the ball, it's still a penalty because he could have had the opportunity to run around the goalie and still get to the ball and finish the goal. And so that was a clear penalty to me. Um, it wasn't a red card because there was defenders right there. So he wasn't. it wasn't like a, a last man situation, dire, a dire tackle or anything like that. But yeah, that was a penalty. And Messi steps up and, uh, and, and ripped it. You know, he just, he put the power behind it. I think he knew, you know, that he needed to get a little bit more pace behind it. He put it high. You know, when you take a penalty and you put it high, it's really hard for the goalie to get to it. Even when you put it in the same direction that the goalie dives, just high with pace is a, is a, it's a strong penalty. The only thing is you run the risk of kicking it over, i.e. Harry Kane, right? So that is the the, the risk on hitting a penalty high if you keep it on target, you have a very high success rate, but it's it, unfortunately a little bit easy to get under it too much and sky it over. But there was no doubt Messi was going to make this one. And then a few minutes later, you have the, the Alvarez run that he scored, which definitely had some elements of luck to it. Um, I, honestly, I thought it was super lucky because... If you look at the replay, he comes. He he's he you know he the 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 sp- the run and the space opened up for him, and so he he runs past, uh, um, I think one defender as he's breaking toward the goal. It kind of it was almost like a parting of the Red Sea. Like one of the defenders kind of moved, and he was able to to keep moving forward. They 
They didn't know the the defender kind of went after a run. I actually thought his teammates didn't do him any favors. They made some weird runs. So if you look at it, he was running down the middle of the pitch, and you have Molina, who I thought has been really good. He's the right back running, and he's running, getting really close, and almost like running ahead, like into Alvarez's path. And he kind of, he made a weird run that didn't really, it kind of took defenders it kind of crowded everybody. It, it brought defenders into Alvarez's space instead of trying to open up or draw a defender. And so it actually um, brought everybody together. And then Alvarez had a terrible touch. I don't know if he was trying to pass it or whatever. He just like launched it off the defender and it just ricocheted off the defender and bounced back to him. Then he tried, you know, and then he's like, oh, well, let me, let me hit the ball again. And he hit it hits another defender, comes back to him, and then he's able to just, you know, volley it right in. But his first touch, I don't know what he was trying to do. It did not, it looked way too hard for a pass, a weird shot. I don't know. He got, I think that was a really lucky goal. As great of a run it was, and of course, you know, um, I think it was a deserved goal from the standpoint of Argentina was playing really good, Um, but it was, there was a lot of luck to it. But you know what? Sometimes luck favors the brave. That was that's one of the sayings I remember from the 2002 World Cup, and um, I remember hearing that for the first time. And I think it had to do with uh, an Austrian game. I, I could be wrong, but um, luck favors the brave, and I think that that applies here as well with Argentina with Alvarez. Alvarez has been very brave this tournament. He's he causes defenders a lot of problems, and he does a really good job of kind of getting underneath a defender and uh, and bringing the ball down when he didn't think that he had a chance to do it. So I do think he's been really good. Um, I thought that it was getting really close for um, Scaloni, the manager of Argentina, to make some subs in the second half, um, and uh, leading up to the third goal, I thought, okay, we got to start making some subs. He made the subs after and they saw the game out. Um, but then you got to look at the second half, uh, and you know Croatia, it, you just felt like after that second goal, Argentina were going were gonna to really kind of finish this thing off. And then you have the Messi assist, which is one of those moments. You know, I think we'll look back at this World Cup and we'll identify the Neymar goal as a special moment um, that I think, what takes away from it is the fact that they didn't move on. But you saw that. You saw Messi have a few moments. Uh, I think his goal against Mexico was a moment. Um, you, you just, you've seen him kind of have some special moments, and this one was incredible. He, uh, it was almost vintage Messi, but you know he had to work harder for it than he used to because he can't, he can't blow by people like he used to be. And he was up against probably one of the outstanding defenders of the tournament, Vardial, uh, who I think has been great. He's 20 years old wearing the face mask. Uh, my uncle calls him Batman. But he's been great, and uh, Messi, Messi took him to school, and he just rounded him on the baseline and, and was able to just slot that ball back to Alvarez, who finished it great. And I just think, you know, when we look at Argentina, I thought this was their best game. They controlled the game from the from the beginning, uh, they look like they're on a mission, and the guys on the team, they want to win it for Messi, and it's so cool. But you need 
your supporting cast to step up, and they have done that. Uh, Messi's supporting cast has stepped up. He's got five goals, three assists. Um, he is playing great. It, it's a vintage performance going on, and the only thing left is to cap it off with a win in the final. Um, but he is going up against um, you know, the other best team in the tournament. So what I like about it is the two best teams are in the final. I love the run that Morocco made and Croatia, you know, made a great and honorable, you know, run. But at the end of the day, I, I, we have the two best teams in the final. And I think that's what um, this World Cup deserves. I think it's I, I, I think that we're going to see a great game on Sunday. But before Sunday, we do have Saturday, third place game. And if we move over to the other semifinal, we're looking at France versus Morocco, which was a great game. Um, let me tell you what I loved about this game. This was a proper semifinal. You got to really see how good Morocco is and why they deserved to be here. And the tough part for them was they conceded a goal early. And it was the first time they conceded a goal by a different opponent. So they had only conceded one goal all tournament. It was an own goal that they scored on themselves no other team had broken them down and scored against them. That's how solid they've been defensively. And um, France had a great game plan. So Morocco, they're great with better teams, keeping the ball a lot more. They've been averaging 31% possession for the tournament. And they will pick their moments and hit you on a brilliant counterattack. But they can keep the ball themselves. And they can work the ball in tight spaces. I've been very impressed with the way that they can they can build quickly once they win the ball. They definitely have a sense of urgency. They can keep it. They can do one touch, one touch, one touch, and, and, and then all of a sudden break. So they have that in them, and you know that's how they want to play. France doesn't press that high. They do a mid-block. They're fine with the back four knocking the ball around. And um, they don't really even need to keep the ball as much as Portugal and Spain and even Belgium. And uh, so that actually was a harder matchup, I think, for Morocco. Morocco saw more of the ball. Um, and when you get an early goal, it does kind of throw the game plan out of the water a little bit. You don't, you don't need to panic, but you do need to accelerate any gameplay and, and, and game plan ideas that you had. So what that what what France scoring did was let them settle in a little bit more defensively and Morocco now had to try to be on the front foot, which is something they're not used to. So France had a great game plan going into the game and they executed it really well. And I give a lot of credit to Morocco because First half, they were trying to figure it out. They were trying to get going. They created some chances. Um, Loris had to make a couple saves. And then second half still, like, they turned it up a notch. And they were really pressing. And they were finding gaps. And they were getting into the box. But they weren't, they, they weren't creating really good opportunities. They were creating some opportunities, but not great ones. And Loris made some good saves. France was able to to, to stay strong defensively, and then um, and then hit him on a counterattack later on. And it was a, a nice little. It's not going to be a moment of brilliance 
um, from Mbappe, but it was a really nice piece of skill to keep the ball in the box and uh, and create that chance that you know that they ended up scoring and that really sealed the game. Morocco, I don't think could have, although they still pressed and they still created some chances after they went down two nil. They couldn't quite, you know, that was definitely, I think, a hurdle too much for them to 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 get over. But the game was really good. It was it was an exciting match, and of course, you had the Moroccan fans at the game, you know, um, with, with making a lot of noise. You had the team playing really well. Uh, it was a really good game, and I would I would rewatch it because you know you can just learn a lot by watching these two teams and watching the collective. I would say Morocco is a very cohesive unit, um, and France is an underrated cohesive unit. And Griezmann pulling the strings in there, I think he's been really good this tournament, just like he was at the at the Euros, and uh, just like he was, more importantly, at the previous World Cup. Um, he is pulling the strings, he's finding the gaps, he's creating things, and um, I think Griezmann has been playing really well. I thought he was the best player for France uh, yesterday against Morocco. Um, he he looked really good, and uh, I think he's going to have to have another good game in the final. And the 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 final brings us to a really interesting clash. Um, but before we get to the final, let's uh, let let's preview the third place game briefly, and then we'll take a look at the World Cup final. Okay, so when we look at the third place game, it's it's always a tough one because. Um, I would I would imagine it's it's hard to to get up for the third place game like you would most of the other games because you know you you've you've been on this run at the World Cup you've been playing and playing and pouring your heart out you poured your heart out in the semifinal and you lost but now you got to play one more game and you know historically I think of uh, like. 2014, when Brazil lost 7-1 to Germany, uh, they they did not want to play the third place game, and they lost to the Netherlands 3-1, I think. I can't remember the score off the top of my head, um, but you know they they were done after that. And the third place game does create some goals. You usually do see some goals, um, and um, but you know it's two teams that gave it their all and just kind of fell short. However. I think Morocco will go one more time here. Uh, they're playing Croatia, so these two teams played each other in their first match in group play. They tied 0-0, no surprise, right? Um, but I think Morocco, I think they want to get third place here at this World Cup. They don't want to just make it to the semifinals. And as much as they they have just given their all, I think they're going to go for it one more time. And I think they have a chance to really beat Croatia. Um, Croatia, they're a little bit old. They went further than I thought they would, for sure. I thought they wouldn't make it out of the group stage. Uh, In fact, I picked Belgium and Canada to make it out of the group. And instead, Morocco and Croatia not only made it out of that group, but they're playing in the third place game. So I was totally wrong on that one. Um, but I would love to see Morocco go win it and get third place. I think that would be so cool. And I think they got the fans. They got the, you know, I think that they're a, they're a young team. I think they're going to go for it. 
And I'd love, to, I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I'd love to see them score a few goals too, because, you know, they, they, while they haven't conceded much, they haven't scored a ton either. So I'd love to see a, a really good game. You know, you may see some reserves come in and play or, um, you know, not, maybe not, it's not going to be their best game, but I think it still can be an enjoyable one, even though a lot of times it's kind of, you know, Nobody really remembers the third place game, um, but I'm looking forward. I'll watch it. I want to see how Morocco responds um, to you know the that that tough loss against France. But when we really look at this weekend, we're really looking at the final: Argentina versus France, Messi versus Mbappe. Man, I really, really want Messi to win, and um, of course, France is totally fine to spoil his party because they want to be back-to-back champions and they're really good. Um, I think that Argentina are definitely a much tougher matchup against France than Morocco. Uh, Morocco was uh, kind of played into France's hands a little bit. Um, Argentina is is going to be a whole nother animal. Uh, the supporting cast is playing well. I think that Di Maria will be fully fit. Uh, DePaul, I think, as well. And our Argentina are ready. They are, they are ready to go one more game. All they need is one more game. They won the Copa America. They got that experience of winning the final. It's, it's, rel- it's a lot of the same guys, although there's a, you know, a few differences in their starting lineup. Um, and then Messi. And uh, he, I, he's been man of the match four games this uh, tournament, uh, which is incredible. One more. And uh, he looks happy, he looks loose, he looks, but he also looks focused. And, you know, he walks 75% of the game, but he picks his moments. And he's so brilliant now, and his soccer IQ is so strong that he knows when to pick the moment. And uh, you can see it throughout this whole tournament. And what would it be like if he leads Argentina to victory Let's say he scores a goal, he gets the golden boot and wins it. I mean, is that not a fairy tale ending? That's that's pretty in, in, incredible. I have no, Argentina is going to be insane if he wins. And man, I'm really rooting for him. Why can why could Argentina win? Well, Messi, okay? That's the first thing. Messi can can do it. He can do it. But their their supporting cast is there and they're ready, and um, I think that you know France. This was the first clean sheet France kept all tournament was against Morocco, who struggled to score. Argentina, I think France is it, France can leak goals, even the, and Hugo Lloris can step up and make big saves, but France can also be vulnerable. As we saw with England, uh, even with Morocco, they were getting into the box and creating chances. I think that you have higher quality um, opponents now in Argentina who can finish chances. So I think that Argentina, they like to possess the ball. They like to control the game. And France don't necessarily need to do that. So who does that favor? I think it leans towards Argentina in the way that they like to play. Of course, Messi, of um, you know, and, and, and Alvarez is really coming along. I think he's going to cause some problems for the back line of France. 
And uh, I think the whole unit is is ready to go. Now, why why could France win? Well, you got Mbappe, you got Griezmann, you got Giroud, you got experience in this situation. You got a team that's playing well, that's on the same page. Maybe Rabiot comes back uh, if he feels better. I think he was like in his hotel room sick, couldn't couldn't play. Um, but they're so deep that I don't know. But he has been really, really good for them. Um, the midfield, I think, would be an interesting battle because, you know, France play a 4-2-3-1. And so there's times where Griezmann, you know, he's not quite a center mid. You know, he's kind of, uh, he's a number 10. And, um, and you know, does Argentina go with uh, uh, that similar 4-4-2 narrow try to control the midfield out you know uh, always have an extra man in the midfield we'll see um, but I see Argentina looking to control possession I see France being willing to do counterattack uh, football and um, man I think it's going to be a really good game and I hope we could see I hope for like a 2-1 or a 3-1 or 3-2 maybe I'd love for there to be some goals some drama and I think I think this it could provide it. And uh, Argentina now, you know, they they got off to a really slow start, but they're scoring goals. Messi's on his game, and the rest of the team is playing really well too. So I think this is going to be a fascinating matchup because you have the two best teams in the tournament meeting in the final. The two best players of the tournament, Messi and Mbappe, playing against each other. It's everything you want from a World Cup final. And I, uh, man, I'd love for it to go longer than 90 minutes because I'm sure it's going to be that good and that exciting. And I think these both these teams are going to live up to the billing, and this is going to be a World Cup final for the ages. So I hope you guys tune in. We got two games left, third place game Saturday morning, and the World Cup final Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Definitely tune in. Enjoy it. And we'll be back for one more episode to recap the World Cup and review. And then we'll take a little break before we get back to it in the new year. So appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Um, Stay tuned for one more episode this year after the World Cup final. And uh, remember, know thy soccer. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Socrates Podcast. Special thanks to GridLab for providing the music and the artwork for today's episode. Socrates Podcast is a production of Ball Watchers FC. Ball Watchers FC.